1: Glad you're with us. Hour number three across the Outkick Network. The crew is all here as we broadcast live from 6th and Peabody, downtown Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, 6th and Peabody, the home for the Old Smoky Distillery, Old Smoky Moonshine, made right here on site, along with Yeehaw Beer, the brewery also here. You can check them out at 6th and Peabody. A lot to discuss. The Titans winning yesterday decisively over the Miami Dolphins knocking the Dolphins out of playoff contention, and they leave Week 17 with a grasp of the number 1 overall seed. That's a win this week in Houston, and the Titans will get the first round by after the 34-3 victory yesterday at Nissan Stadium. We're going to dissect this game and get into the reality that the Titans are the top team in the AFC, followed by the Chiefs and the Bengals, who also uh, are, are a factor in the postseason but Kansas City slips to the two-seed because of the loss to Cincinnati. Meanwhile, the Bills right now rounding out the the divisional winners. If they win this week over the Jets, they will lock up the four-seed. College football news as well. We we started the the show by discussing the college football playoff a week from tonight. We'll have the college football championship matchup between Alabama and Georgia. Oklahoma won its bowl game last week, Chad, but They may have lost their quarterback.
2: Yeah, Caleb Williams has entered the transfer portal, great quarterback for Oklahoma, and this may be new for the transfer portal, but Oklahoma has put out their own recruiting pitch for Caleb Williams, who, again, currently still at Oklahoma, just in the portal, has not ruled out returning to Oklahoma. Oklahoma releases this statement. Caleb Williams enjoyed an exciting and impactful first season at the University of Oklahoma, and will continue to be engaged with him and his family on a comprehensive plan for his development as a student and a quarterback, including a path to graduation and strategic leveraging of NIL opportunities. While we believe OU provides Caleb the best opportunity to develop as a player and realize his goals for college and beyond, we respect his right to explore his options following key staffing changes here. OU's commitment to student-athlete development and its powerful track record of preparing players to the next level, including quarterbacks for the NFL, is unparalleled. Jeff Lebby is one of the most elite offensive coordinators and quarterback developers in the countries uh, in the country. With the players we know are returning and new ones on the way, we will continue to be explosive on offense under Jeff Lebby's direction. This is a sales pitch from Oklahoma, where they mention NIL opportunities that they are going to help figure out on behalf of Caleb Williams. In order to keep him at Oklahoma, this is smart by the Sooners.
0: Love us, please love us. Yes, again,
2: there's going to be a lot of <laughs> re-recruiting going on uh, for a lot of programs. when guys decide they're going to enter the portal.
1: College football playoff two blowouts as Alabama wins over Cincy, and we saw Georgia handle Michigan. Hammered it's, them. I'm just especially in the trenches. It was no match, and that's a that's a Michigan offensive line where you have got a handful of starters that will play next level and they were no match for that Georgia front so much show Paul that you were flipping the channel what early I flipped away early in the game but halftime before I, halftime I
0: think late second quarter maybe and i tweeted out like uh oh, all right, what do i watch now uh chad encouraged me to watch his world war 2 special world war 2 in, in color on
2: uh netflix i am all in on this
0: i didn't pick that uh claire suggested uh the most recent- Kardashians? No, uh, Real Housewives of Beverly just don't Hills. She doesn't watch
1: Kardashians. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't watch Real Housewives.
0: <laughs> I got a lot of suggestions of that. things that yeah. I've watched and the like. So I just did the dive into Netflix and watch a bunch of previews and then go with something I like. My wife never really is like, yeah, that looks good or no, don't do that. She just kind of lets me choose. Goes with the flow. Yeah. And so I wasn't really thinking of the context of New Year's Eve or like, you know, Fresh Start or Happy or anything (laughs) like that. And we had just watched excellent programming with Michael Keaton. I'm in a Michael Keaton movie. He was in this dope sick about the the OxyContin outbreak. Um, And so this was another Michael Keaton worth a movie on Netflix. Yeah. But the subject matter was, in fact, not really uh, uplifting. It's
2: about about child sex abuse.
0: No, it's about putting a number on um, all of the victims of 9-11.
2: Oh, that's right. I I actually watched this. I'm thinking uh, of something different uh, He kind
0: of headed the federal agency that had to come up with a formula that pissed off all of these victims because the janitor of, uh, of Windows on the World wasn't getting the same as the CEO of Cantor Fitzgerald, and it caused a big hubble. So, I, I mean, I thought it was good. At, at one point, Teresa would typically fall asleep during whatever we were watching. But at one point when I went to the bathroom or dealt with the dog, she had a blanket over her face, which is not uncommon either. But the next day she's like, why of all the things would you choose on New Year's Eve when the ball is dropping, it's excitement, happy time, and you choose a film about 9-11 deaths and finances. It it's like the most singular depressing. If we were looking for the most depressing thing we could have found, you decide on that. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you didn't say anything. You were quickly asleep. I figured you, 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 I figured you didn't care. But apparently I should have chose something more uplifting.
1: Well, it's better than the game, apparently.
0: Yeah, it was more uplifting. Oh, she than should the game. tell you that. I, that's what I said. I mean, if you're going to give we're options. We're going to try to. Communicate more on these things in the new year. It's part yeah, and, of the family and, resolution. We
2: had a similar deal where uh, we eventually watched something, but Angie just told me, "Hey, we've watched a lot of dark things lately. Let's watch something a little bit more funny or bright." So we started Cobra Kai, the latest <laughs> season of Cobra Kai, which I love. She didn't say Netflix. good.
0: Unfortunately, she didn't <laughs> no, use she, the word She good. likes it.
2: It's it's very good. It's uh it's it's all things.
0: Yeah, so I'm gonna. Uh, I, if anybody wants to hit me with a recommendation of good and light, we did watch uh, Don't Look Up, which is too over the top, but it was mildly amusing.
2: Did you watch uh, the Eight Bit Christmas?
0: Yes, we did, and we all enjoyed it. That was a great. That's suggestion. a very happy Even and bright. Simon, movie. who doesn't, it's hard to get him to watch something new. He likes to watch stuff he's familiar with. He liked it. It was fun.
1: Also, also fun. Looked like New Year's Eve here downtown Nashville it was a blast. Uh, the weather held off and the weather was nice, believe it or not. It's, it, we had snow last night and early this morning. Uh, day before New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, 70 degrees. I mean, it was beautiful weather and the storms came after that. But um, I, I watched, was flipping channels, watched the, the CBS uh, broadcast where Nashville was put on full display with the live broadcast for like five hours off and on with all the shows they had around town. Uh, Fox was downtown as well with live entertainment, uh, which was cool. Uh, Nashville was one of the New Year's Eve hubs, and it's hard to imagine where they won't be moving I think forward. we're in
0: the loop like that. Like we think yeah. we should be the headquarters of the draft and only periodically go away from us. But I think New there, Year's it, There a lot in of years things. past, they
1: haven't done the entire night, yeah. and this was the first nationally televised broadcast of the entire celebration
0: and how about miley cyrus with her wardrobe malfunction i didn't see this live but i, I, I heard about, read it. about I didn't it see it she very quickly just found the blazer off stage I,
2: and changed. I, I watched some of it i didn't see any of the pete davidson stuff with it but i yeah. saw her performance right after midnight or right around i couldn't tell what was wardrobe malfunction and what was planned because it was all so scantily clad i mean very she friendly. had an outfit on that when she turned around it you saw everything when she walked up the stairs. Well, if you saw everything dancing, that was doing probably things. the malfunction. No, there well, I know her jacket fell off and she was topless at one point. That was the malfunction. I did not see that. But it was I mean there was not there was not a lot you had to leave up to the imagination uh with with Miley Cyrus Kids and her enjoy that. There are a lot of things that I watch and I think Stay man up. to be young again would be fun. Yeah, no kidding. You know, like I see a lot of parties and yeah. things I'm like I'd love to the be here. The women were dressed I'm, on New Year's Eve I'm when jealous. we were jealous. You know you watch movies I'm like this would be a fun uh, time to be in this setting, but there's something about New Year's that I watch, and I, I just I'm disgusted by it. There's a, there's no part of me that it's wants redeeming. to be out on New Year's, no. that wants to be in a bar on New Year's, shoulder to that shoulder wants to be, be shoulder bunch to bunch shoulder of- in Times Square or downtown Nashville, or, or anywhere. It makes me think and of I'm urine. And I'm not some old fuddy-duddy. There's a lot of party atmospheres I see, and I think that would be fun to be a part of. For whatever reason, New Year's, I've completely aged out of.
0: Listen, I've been I've to totally Times Square, fun being home not on New at Year's. New Year's. I've been to Times Square a lot of times, not at New Year's. And there's a lot of urine.
1: So at much New like Year's, I New can Orleans. only imagine. Yes, much like bourbon. That's how I would describe New York, though. <laughs> urine? Urine. Yeah,
0: Well, there are a lot of places that aren't urine. But Times Square at New Year's Eve, I what mean, they, they, where are I all, these phone. people are drinking a ton. Where are they going to the bathroom? The bathroom per person ratio there has got to be as bad as anywhere in the history of mankind.
2: Yeah, I'm not in a hurry to go. Go see <laughs> that. It yeah. can't be fun. And a ball dropping is just fun.
0: not exciting to me in any way, shape, or form. Like somebody dropping a ball against the Yankees, I'm excited about.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the concerts and stuff though, that lead up to it.
2: I feel like all the concerts, though, because I watched it, a lot of... By the way, uh, Ryan Seacrest gets a bad rap. I think he's very good. I think oh, he's yeah, very I good he's, at what he does. I think I do he's a too. hard worker, and I,
1: I think he's really good. He has
0: good. too many jobs, though. Right? Does he need to he do like all He crushes all. He's good at all guns?
1: of them. I also saw this... Uh, okay. I, don't know, I don't know how he comes up with the, the time of the day to do everything. He's, so,
2: he's talked through this at one point, like he's how a, much uh, sleeping he does I on I didn't realize this. Stuff?
1: He is a Georgia
2: grad. He's a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. So I saw someone tweet that someone who's coaching now maybe at Clemson or somewhere else was Ryan Seacrest's high school football coach. And they had a picture of Ryan Seacrest as a defensive back at some high school in Georgia. And the guy gave him a scouting report. He said, you know, not a lot of natural talent, but he was a hard hitter. He was a gritty guy, and he'd come up and hit you. And I thought that was funny with, with Ryan Seacrest. But I watch most of the acts on New Year's Eve, and I think these are people they're trying to break. Uh, it's not a, it's not a prime stars, spot to be in. Unless you're Miley Cyrus hosting your own network special well, on NBC, she's making a
0: bucket load for that, right? I mean, you've got to lure some big star to get people to turn it on in the first place. Uh, we've come a long way from uh, what's the celebrity D-list girl? What's her name?
1: Oh, Kathy Griffin.
0: Kathy Griffin. Well, Anderson Cooper gets drunk every year on there. No, network. it's a,
1: well,
2: it was Andy Cohen oh, that Andy got, Cohen got really gets drunk. drunk with yeah, it Anderson. Was pretty Cooper. funny, uh, but yeah, the, there's a lot of newscasts where. The, the people are getting... I get all of this secondhand. I didn't
0: watch a minute of any of it. I watched a little bit. Uh, oh, we're, we're around
1: flipping around bit. and watching it, yeah. 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 No, you should
0: be watching Worth and finding out about the victims of 9-11. It's yeah. really yeah. uplifting.
1: Hunt and I decided to go a little bit brighter than yeah. Worth. That uh, would have gone uh, over better. Later.
0: You should have stopped by and give me some advice. Yeah.
1: The Titans, uh, they don't need our advice <laughs> on how to go about things. They have piecemealed this together, not just to a playoff team, but potentially a number one overall seed, and I say potentially right now they are the number one overall seed, and the impact that that would have on what has been throughout the season a banged-up roster and the impact it would have on Derrick Henry's return, which could be in the mix for this week, at least on the practice field. We'll we'll discuss all of that coming up and give our take on exactly the formula for what the Titans pulled off yesterday in Miami and if they can continue this trend moving forward. That's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. The Titans allowed just three points yesterday to the Miami Dolphins. They win 34-3 in a landslide victory. Uh, Playing at their pace controlling the tempo. Ryan Tannehill attempts just 18 passes. He goes six for seven passing in the second half. They didn't turn the football over, and the defense got after Tua Tagovailoa during the first and second down snaps and put them in third and long situations. Uh, Miami played right into the game plan of the Tennessee Titans, and it worked perfectly to the point where you don't even need Tannehill finishing the game yesterday, and they leave Nissan Stadium knowing that they are in a win and secure the number one seed overall scenario this week against Houston because as they left and as they were in their locker room, Kansas City fell to Cincinnati in what was a crazy finish, uh, down to the wire, down to fourth down, and then getting another opportunity and ultimately putting points on the board for Cincy to win it. The Titans, though, uh, it's remarkable what they've accomplished. It, it
2: was uh, it was incredible to watch the Titans completely dominate this game. And we talked a lot about Miami last week being a bit of a paper champion in the seven-game win streak. Doesn't matter. That was a team playing for their playoff life in that game, and the Titans suffocated them. And major marks to Ryan Tannehill. I know he didn't make much of it being an emotional game for him in this one, A.J. Brown said after the game that, in fact, it was emotional on that last touchdown drive of what he wanted to do to the Dolphins. He went to that game, did not force it. On the other side, Tua Tungavailoa was losing the game for the Dolphins, not being able to control the ball in the rain and the cold. And Ryan Tannehill didn't press and played a very efficient game and did exactly what the Titans needed him to do. Defense was great. Deontay Foreman was great. Offensive line and the run game was terrific. This was, I'm trying to think through, you know, you go back and the win in LA was enormous on Sunday Night Football, but the Titans' offense wasn't very good in that game. This was as complete and perfect of a performance of what the Titans needed on this day that I can think of this season. And (coughs) dude, wow,
1: excuse me. All speechless over what he saw yesterday at Nissan Stadium. He's
2: a... He's getting a little emotional
1: like I'm Taylor Wan after that second straight
0: divisional title. <coughs> In 2019, they went to the playoffs as a wild card. I didn't know what to expect. And they went on a run. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Paul's getting choked up like right, we're gonna go okay. a We're going to go break here. No,
0: we'll make, right, we'll no. talk to you after these keep,
2: uh Keep the camera on, Paul, because this, it sounds like the buildup of an acceptance speech where he's no. going to get In emotional. 2019,
0: they went to the playoffs as a wild card. We didn't know what to expect. And they, they went on a really good run. Right, they, they, uh, they go to, to uh, New England and win. They go to Baltimore and win. They get to Kansas City. They, they, they can't keep up with Mahomes, but the, the hell of a showing to go to the AFC Championship game. And they come out of that, and everybody expects them to grow off of that, and they do far better. They win the division. They have a better regular season off of big expectations, and then all three of us use the same word after they lose to Baltimore in a, a revenge game at home. We said that they wasted wasted this opportunity that was in front of them. So this year, it looks like they have the potential to kind of combine the two, that they're having the bigger season, they've won the division, and now they've carved this path if, if they can beat Houston, a team that they absolutely should beat, having lost to them already. Right now, if they win two games, they host the AFC Championship game. Be it against Kansas City again like it was two years ago, Kansas City has to come through their place at the very least. They get Derrick Henry back, we would think for that divisional round playoff game, what he can give them, we don't know. But him walking into practice on that Tuesday or Wednesday of that week and what it does for every guy in that locker room. Oh, that won't be the first time the he practices. Organization. Well, it'll be the first time he practices for a game, I think, because he's not going to practice I wouldn't think for this game. They shouldn't need him for this game and they could buy him two more weeks of rest if they win this game.
1: If they if they lose this game, he's playing in a week.
0: Right. If they lose this game. I'm giving them best case scenario right now. They win this game, he gets another two weeks to be ready. He walks out on the practice field of a Tuesday or a Wednesday and goes through a regular practice week getting ready for a Wednesday game just like you talked about him getting ready for the opener. Yes, he's coming off an injury, but he's had an extra week, all of that stuff. Everything lines up for them. Now, do blueprints go according to plan in the NFL? Hardly ever, right? But they've got it set up for them. All of this stuff, 88 players and COVID and Henry losing Henry in in week eight and the lack of receivers with A.J. Brown out and Julio Jones not panning out and the Josh Reynolds dumb signing and all of this stuff. Everything will have panned out to, to serve them up this chance. Two games at Nissan Stadium for a chance to go to L.A. You can't ask for more than that. I mean, that's, that's what you play for, to line yourself up with that. Now, they're going to face tough teams. Obviously, AFC, it's pretty good competition there. There are a couple teams that might be ideal for them. I think you'd like to face the Chargers if you could because Chargers can't stop the run. I think you'd like to avoid the Colts if you could because the Colts, you just don't want to play a division team three times, count on beating them three times. Yeah. I'd like to avoid Joe Burrow right now because I think he carves up just about anybody. Yeah,
1: but, but the, the thing is, that, that this team plays a style, Paul. They don't have to avoid any team. They play a style; they can beat anyone that they're well, they, facing. They can. I'm not, yeah. I don't think they walk in trying to pick and choose opponents. No,
0: they don't. But um, we should.
1: I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm serious. Based on if they execute their plan, which is, I mean, right now they lead the NFL in rushing attempts with 519. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have only run the foot. Uh, they've only been able to run the football 365 times to this point, and, and I think that's a good comparison. There are teams that have less than that mark, but the Titans at 519 show you it doesn't matter who's in the lineup. They're going to play to their identity, and as long as they don't turn the football over, it's either going to be a close game or they're going to break the dam open like they did yesterday, and you just can't keep up with them because they're going to control clock. and And that's what happened yesterday, Paul. I mean, look at the look at the fact that they. They ran a total of 59 plays, and 40 of them were runs. And they, they ran it right at this, you know, stout Miami defense. They allow only one sack the entire game, and it was because of Jeremy McNichols. It was not on any of the offensive linemen. And there was nothing Miami could do, because offensively they couldn't move the football. And I think that's the case for a lot of these AFC teams against this Titans defense. I I mean, I don't think uh, all all things being equal right now, I wouldn't want to play Kansas City with Derrick Henry returning uh, for the first time since the Indianapolis game in week eight. But aside from that, there's not a team on this list that I'm going through and looking at thinking that with the players they currently have, they can't go toe-to-toe and win the game against.
0: I think they go toe-to-toe against anybody. But I
1: don't if they given a
0: choice, I'd rather not face the best quarterbacks
1: in in the league. Well, that's certainly not Carson Wentz. I mean, there's nothing about Indianapolis that scares me. Their coach doesn't scare me. Carson Wentz, no odds scare me. Well, screw the odds. I mean, that, well, the odds. You screw the odds. I'd rather not the, play the Colts. Well, let me let me talk about odds. The odds are, if you get a bye, you're going to the Super Bowl over the last eight years in the AFC. Sure, let's play those odds. I don't,
0: I don't disagree with that odds, but if I'm choosing opponents in the playoffs, the Colts would not be at the head of the list for me. Chargers would be at the head of the list for me. If I'm choosing opponents in the playoffs, Joe Burrow would not be at the head of the list for me. He's shredding people. What right about now. the Patriots? I'd feel pretty comfortable against the Patriots. What about a second the Bills? I feel pretty comfortable against the Bills a second time. Titans have been pretty damn good against the Bills.
2: The Titans are a team with their their rushing attack. And, and how many times they run it, that I would love to see uh, Nashville have Lambeau Field-like conditions. <laughs> I mean, it's a team that it, yeah. they don't have to have that. I'm Could not saying that, but <laughs> they looked awfully comfortable in a cold, rainy game oh, yeah. yesterday. Oh, they're not the influenced way
0: they play the and how Here, physical The weather they play. affected Waddle more than anybody Here, here's, yesterday. Uh, Tua and waddle. Here's
1: why I'm so brash about this. You want to talk about these analytics guys. Uh, the deep number guys yeah. who don't want are very dismissive about all these numbers and what the Titans are. The Titans will see your two two matchups against the Indianapolis Colts and throw a middle finger in the air at you and say, "Bring it on!" I don't think Carson Wentz scares them in the least.
0: I'm not saying they're scared of anybody. I'm saying we're analysts here looking at the field. Who would you rather uh, avoid? And the two teams that I would most like to avoid, if I'm the Titans. And I'm listing behind closed doors who I'd rather not see. I'd rather not have to beat a team for a third time, and I'd rather not face hot Joe Burrow right now. Uh, Those are the two that I'd pick.
2: I, I, it, just looking at the field right now, um, two teams jump out to me. If I'm going down the list of, and it's not a, a fear factor of I don't. don't I'm want talking to see divisional this team. round right now. Probably. Well, and I, I'm saying just in the AFC playoff field, you know, of, of who could be there for a championship game or whatever. The Chiefs. Because Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game, I don't like, if it comes down to quarterbacks not making the big mistake or making plays to win a game, I don't like Ryan Tannehill's chances against Patrick Mahomes. That being said, I like the Titans' rushing attack against what the Chiefs are going to do running the football. The other one is Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Because I think Bill Belichick is the type of defensive mind that could throw a wrinkle into what the Titans do offensively and win a grind-it-out type game, even with a rookie quarterback who's not asked to do a ton. Both those teams could play a similar style yes. in what they want to do, and I think the Patriots, with their coaching staff's experience, with Bill Belichick, maybe could do a slightly better job uh, than the Titans. But it's not it's not that I'm afraid of either one of those teams if I'm the Titans. Those are just the, the top two-eyed list of don't really want to see these teams. I'm not a believer in the Chargers. Bring on the Chargers, uh, Chargers if they have Chargers can't stop the run. Uh, the Colts, I'm, I'm kind of with Hutton on it. I understand the you know, the old sports adage of you don't want to try to beat a team three times in the same season. The third time is always the hardest. I get that percentage-wise across all sports that there may be something there, but just match up personnel against personnel, not afraid of the Colts at all. Uh, if I still, I know the Titans are probably going to be the number one seed. I would still put my money on the Chiefs being the AFC rep, in the Super Bowl, but that being said, I don't fear anyone if I'm the Titans on in this the page,
0: On the Patriots thing, I think the biggest thing they have going for them is what Dan Shaughnessy says, that most coaches pee down their leg when they look across at Belichick and get, get overmatched, and that Vrabel has proven that he just doesn't, and so that he'd play them square, and I think the Titans are, more, frankly, more talented than they are. They're very good defensively, but I think against a rookie quarterback, that they can find a, the Titans can generally find a way not to lose to a team that that's engineered by Mac Jones, who I don't think is that good unless the game's really takes the form that he needs it to take, and you can keep it from taking that form.
2: Uh, Ken on the YouTube chat says, "What is Hutton talking about?" I agree with Paul. There are teams on paper that you definitely prefer to play. Now he's saying KC, Indy, and Cincy. Or three of them that he prefers. I I mean, I don't know.
1: I don't. I don't see what. What about Indianapolis? Would you not? Would you truly be? You know, you have to stop the run, and you can't turn the football over, and you win the game. the The Raiders did that yesterday. The Las Vegas Raiders went on the road with a interim head coach, and with Derek Carr, and Hunter Renfro, and Josh Jacobs. And with the three-headed monster, one on the road against the Indianapolis Colts, I I don't the, the Colts don't scare me. The top four seeds, uh, while I, I will I will tell you that the AFC has shown that any of these teams are definitely beatable. We've seen uh, the Bills and Titans lose to some dreadful teams this year. Um, with with all that in mind, I mean I, again, it, it's a round robin deal where I, I think the matchup for the Titans and in Indy an opponent you know very well, plays to the Titans' favor. Frank, Frank Wright went 27 plays without handing the football to Jonathan Taylor Look, in a game this year. I don't
0: love the Colts. You're There's putting me in no position way in to, hell to,
1: they would do that with Derrick Henry. You're putting
0: me in position to defend the Colts, but the Colts beat New England, who beat the Titans. The Colts beat Arizona, who That's killed great. the
1: Titans. That's all great, but uh, I would also point to those stupid turnovers as to why they lost the game when they rushed for over 200 yards against the they, Patriots. they
0: win it or they lose it?
1: Well, I mean, again, did they win or did they lose against Indianapolis? Who won those games?
2: They beat them twice. Well, so, but if I'm looking at the AFC field, I'm I'm saying, to me, there are three teams I would say really don't fear any other opponent uh, based on matchups because of their own personnel. That's the Titans, the Chiefs, and I may put the Bills in that category also. I think everyone else you could probably point to a bad matchup. For
1: that team. Well,
2: I think
0: the Bills should fear people based on their inability to run. Oh. spent done very well outlining the Bills' uh, weaknesses Although, this wa- year. Although watching them the last three weeks. They've played better.
1: No, not but, just better. Singletary has been awesome. Devin Singletary, as the lead back, has been great. And over the last two weeks, Josh Allen is running again. He had one carry three weeks ago. Uh, with that foot issue, and then it's been a non-factor with him running the football the last two games. I think Josh
2: Allen will eventually throw the game to someone else because he's going to make big mistakes. I think he has got all the physical ability in the world, and when he's running, that's a different offense in what they can do. Uh, you saw it a couple times early in the, the game against the Falcons yesterday. I just feel like if I'm – we're talking quarterbacks now. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has shown an ability to lose the game with turnovers. I think Josh Allen at some point in the playoffs is going to throw the ball to the other team and, and lose the Bills a game. And that's one thing. Uh, that's why I'm so impressed with the Titans yesterday and Tannehill because that would have been an easy game to play outside of your game plan and what you need to do and to press. And they played it perfectly the way they needed to against Miami with a quarterback that's got issues, that had ball security issues. I just thought it was the perfect game plan and perfect performance for the Titans for a beatdown. This is one of the situation. things
0: that uh, that we've hit on, and we had some numbers on uh, a while ago, that Vrabel hit on again today. This idea that defenses, and a lot of people think that Julio Jones is going to change this. I don't believe that for a second. A.J. Brown has a chance to change it some, <clears throat> but he said, you know, uh, somebody asked him, if defenses have changed since Derrick Henry's been out. And he said the 20-run pressures that the Dolphins called, I don't think they were calling them to defend the pass. He said the Titans haven't seen a big change in defenses without Derrick Henry. Very popular national opinion that without Derrick Henry, the Titans have faced completely different defenses, and that's why Foreman and Hilliard and McNichols have been able to sustain a a good run game for the Titans. When it's not the case at all, the Titans – Offensive line and offensive mindset running the football has been a real strength for this team. And and it's it's a kudos to their mindset and to these three backs, Foreman in particular, that who we discussed earlier, that he's been able off the street to run as well as he's run when defenses have really tried to stop the run against the Titans uh, to virtually the same degree that they did with Henry. Yeah, I mean, and also again, a real criticism of the downfield options that the Titans haven't been able to field to exactly. force teams out
1: of this. I mean, you, we can make stats fit any narrative we want to, and you could say defenses are defending them the same way. Uh, teams also had more success when Henry wasn't playing uh, against this overall team. They were running wins and losses, the clip. But you, you uh, wins and losses because guys weren't getting separation.
0: Well, the home run threat too is not there without Henry. Well, not but- just home
1: run. The the, the explosive threat. Of 20 yards plus. I mean, they were confined to a box, and I detailed that week after week after week, where they weren't throwing passes, uh, anything more than intermediate. Um, and even right now, they don't want Tannehill throwing more than 25 times a game. He threw 18 yesterday. That he is their formula. He threw
0: 18 yesterday, and Tua threw 20 incompletions. Think about that.
1: Well, let's go deeper on what they did with Tua Tagovailoa yesterday, uh, and the game plan here. It was boom or bust for Miami on first down and that set up everything defensively as to why they had an, and separated the score by halftime. Um because the raw stats don't tell the whole story here. Miami gained 36 yards on their first two first down plays of the game. They then gained 36 more yards on consecutive first down plays in the third quarter and they had 45 on a pass play to Waddle, that deep ball that got over the top. That's the only one big play. The only time they
0: did their thing the whole game.
1: Those are the those six plays actually five plays, gained 117 yards on first down. They ran 22 other first down plays that gained a total, a whopping 58 yards. And on those drives, the Titans got Tua into third and long and he started panicking. He was throwing the football away. He was moving on the run. He was very inaccurate. The weather was playing a factor, but the bigger factor was the Titans' defense and forcing the third and long situations. Meanwhile... Uh, Over the last two games, the Titans in third down, they've kept things manageable with their run game, and they can either run for the first on third and short, or they're picking up and moving the sticks with A.J. Brown or with the tight end or out of the backfield on some of their screens. They are, over the last two games combined, 11 for 18 on third down, and that's due in large part to their run game and how they establish what they're doing on first down in, in large effect. The the opposite is going on in Miami, and it played right into the hands of what Tennessee wanted to do. And they're doing it with strong offensive line play that played really good yesterday. Uh, But on the other hand, a a Tennessee defense that is opportunistic, they've now scored. uh, They've now, on on their 11 wins, nine of their 11 wins, the defense has forced a turnover that have turned into points. That happened again yesterday. Um, That's their formula. They're going to run it. They're going to control the clock. And if they don't turn the football over, they're going to win games.
2: Well, how many times yesterday, too, would the Titans get pressure on Tua and he's rolling to his left and either stepping out of bounds or throwing the ball away close to the sideline? It felt like that was happening over and over again. With that first down, lack of success at times, it was quick pressure that forced Tua out of the pocket, and then he ends up throwing the ball away, which has been key for the Titans.
1: Paul, of the 12 third downs yesterday for Miami, 10 of them were for seven yards or more at the snap. They converted two of those, 10, on third and long.
0: Yeah. Look, the, the, they've talked for a long time this season about the, the pass rush and the coverage marrying up. Certainly, it's easier to do that in third and long but I also think we haven't um, we haven't explored enough the idea that this is inside out for this team for a long time. This team has been a, a back to front team for a lot of time. You go back to the to cursed defensive lines, and Jim Washburn coached it, w- it. Sometimes it was equally good, but this has been a team that's been good at finding corners a lot of times, and had. I don't know. I feel like better success at corner than pass rushers. Certainly, we've been talking about pass rushers forever. And all of a sudden, with the Autry is the linchpin to me to making everything better. Not that Simmons wasn't good or primed to be good, not that Landry wasn't building to this. And Dupree is certainly on the upswing, but he hasn't been there the whole the time. Landry's a
2: guy who wants to get paid. Yes. This season. But that, Aut- that shows.
0: Autry has linked this whole thing together for me. And those four together have created a thing where, and we've seen this with other teams I remember talking about the last couple of years, like some of these teams have no name. These cornerbacks aren't that good. How are they doing so well? Well, this is how. I mean, the Titans don't have stud Christ, uh, Christian Fulton's a pretty damn good cornerback. He's been good. But after that.
1: He was great who, yesterday. After
0: that, who are these guys? Jenkins has played better since his injury. But, I mean, they've played with guys like Greg Maybin. Buster Screen is playing really well. But we know when he was with... Cleveland, and who else? The Jets. He, he was not very good, and he's playing really well now. They're piecing together a secondary. The safeties are good, but they've got a lot of pieces in there who we've seen other teams do this. You say, how are they doing so well with these corners? Well, the corners are on a much shorter clock now. Ball's coming out. This pass rush is doing... This defense is well constructed. I think I think maybe even they've surprised themselves a little bit with it. I it wouldn't surprise me if they're a little bit surprised by how well things have worked keyed on that front four because I haven't had a pass rush like this in uh, any time in the John Robinson era, which
1: makes me laugh at the excuse making that happened last year with, oh, it's not always about sacks. Yeah, it's not always about getting sacks.
2: Well, it just affect. Look the at the number. Well, they were, well, and there was the so much either. talk about, you know, they just can't get home. They're getting around the quarterback and they're they're affecting plays, but they're they're not getting home. the The fifteen yard penalty on Bud Dupree, uh, where. Jacoby Brissett comes in and he smacks his helmet with two hands. Um, Not a smart play, but I also watch that and I love it from a Titans perspective because there's such a mindset to disrupt with a guy like Bud Dupree. And we've seen a little bit more of that as he gets healthier and healthier. But even watching that play, I think of the Titans of a year ago where he would have been two or three steps away from Jacoby Brissett. It was dumb to put his hands that that high on the play, but there was still... When he's flying into him and hitting him and affecting the pass, I'm thinking this is one of the biggest things that was missing from a defense that was terrible He's good. a year ago. I think that was a third down play also. Yeah, I think so. Third or fourth down play. I think it was a fourth down deep shot on a fourth and short. Either way, Bud Dupree on that play, even though it was a 15-yard penalty – I looked at that as sort of emblematic of the change in the Titans' defense, and the mentality of some of the guys they brought in that weren't here last year, but a changing mentality with the guys that are here. And David Long Jr., I mean, that guy is so opportunistic that the interception that he had in the game is is further proof of that. Bud Dupree is on
0: the rise, and I'm sure he's going to be of influence for the rest of whatever they do, Hut. Next year, he is going to be an absolute terror, I think. Two years removed from the ACL, Abdominal injury aside, all of that. Second year in the system, all of that. Uh, provided they uh, franchise tag or re-sign Harold Landry, which I think, they'll I think resign. is an absolute necessity.
1: They'll resign. him. You can't develop
0: a guy, finally, and let him walk and create a need for yourself. It just makes absolutely uh, absolutely no, no sense. And um, I, I think if they do that, they're going to be set inside. That Cunningham signing uh, uh, waiver claim was just a damn gift from a division opponent. They're going to have Cunningham and Long, and and they'll they'll be set.
1: Coming up, we'll discuss the complimentary play yesterday. The most complete performance, maybe since the Kansas City win. But at least since we saw them go out to L.A. where the defense was scoring points, they had strong special teams play, and the offense did enough on the ground game late in that game to win. And what that means with the possible piece of Derrick Henry coming back within the next two weeks, um, it sounds as though he's on track to be labeled, Paul, you have to do this for players on injured reserve. You have to designate them to return. Uh, from that list, and you have 21 days from the day that you do that for them to make the leap uh, to the active roster. So we'll, we'll discuss if is that going to happen sooner rather than later. Meaning, are they designating him to return this week so that they can get him ready for the postseason? That's next. So now, kick 360. Big Ben likely making his final start at Heinz Field as the Steelers starter. That comes up tonight, Monday night. Tomorrow's show will include John McClain from TexasSportsNation.com. He's covered the NFL for nearly five decades, and he will be on. We'll discuss all the big NFL headlines and more. Uh, Glenn Gilbo will preview the rematch for the national title that we saw in the SEC title between Alabama and Georgia that's coming your way on the Tuesday edition. We'll also have
2: a huge discussion on opt-outs and Matt Corral playing and in his injury uh, in the Sugar Bowl. So fun show tomorrow. Yeah,
1: can't wait for that. It'll be here uh, before we know it. We'll be right back here for Outkick 360 Daily, 2-5 to five Central across the network. Uh, and before we know it, Derrick Henry's going to be back in the Titans uniform, and the Titans are hoping that's not until the divisional round after securing a... Uh, the bye week with a win this week in Houston. And it's got the same feel to a type of game plan that the offense had in 2019 that ultimately ended in the AFC championship game against Kansas city. They don't want to throw it a ton. They want to get the run numbers up and uh, the bulk carries up with the overall rushing numbers. And I don't think they want to go quite as low as what Tannehill did yesterday, but they'll take it 18 pass attempts. That's the second lowest number Um, that we've seen from him since he's a Titan. And if you combine the last two years, it's his lowest total over the last two seasons in attempts from the quarterback position for him. He was 6 of 7 with a touchdown pass, took care of the football. Um, But, Paul, I mean, when you're only throwing it 18 times and it goes through the ground attack with Foreman and you've got Henry coming back, that is a great offensive recipe.
0: They'll take it. I mean, uh, you know, part of it's weather-related, I'm sure. They they wanted to be conservative with it, reduce chances, to turn it over. And, and as long as uh, the defense was handling Miami as easily as it was, there was no no urgency to, to, to throw it, to go for chunks. When you're running it that well and playing defense that well, it's going to minimize what he does. It, that's always going to be the case. And Tannehill critics are going to jump on that as evidence of something. What it's evidence of is that they prefer to play defense and run it. And if they're able to play defense and run it, that's what they're going to do first and foremost.
1: Well, I mean, and it's also to me, it's very similar to, you know, they. I think they trust Tannehill, but in twenty nineteen, it's about your receiving options as much as it is anything else. How you know, we we saw Corey Davis flash at times that year. Uh, A.J. Brown was a rookie, and John New Smith was in the fold, and they still weren't throwing it all that much. And now you look around this offense, and it's A.J. Brown and everyone else.
0: They are starting, the, the tight ends are starting to show up more frequently, which is them finding alternatives for the lack of, of wide receivers because uh, Westbrook Aquina's is limited uh, in what he can do. He does it pretty well, but it's not outright number two receiver stuff. People are still just uh, hypnotizing themselves into thinking that Julio Jones is going to show up and do things. Uh, what and- What are
1: the options for Henry? Uh, this week. It sounds like they're going to make a decision around the time they get ready for practice on Wednesday.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think there's a, it sounds like there's a reasonable chance that they'll activate him for his practice window on um, Wednesday, which would allow him to expand his practice envelope. Doesn't mean necessarily that he would join practice outright for a game though. He could, uh, but he could do more than he's doing like the practicing uh, uh, Clay's tweet said something about practicing on his own or alone solo in the solo no running yeah,
2: on yeah, his running own solo yeah so
0: you, you can but expand. but it was like
2: running 100% solo in the facility right. without a without a noticeable limp yeah. so
0: he could expand beyond that um and he's got 21 days of that before he has to be activated but he could also be activated you know at any time and that doesn't mean you have to play him you could deactivate him for a game or they could wait till you know next week or the week after or whatever the rules are the same into the playoff period You're going to activate them today and play them in tomorrow's game.
1: Back at it tomorrow. Enjoy Monday night football for Steelers and the Browns. Plenty of football topics and much more tomorrow starting at 2 o'clock central for Outkick 360.
0: Please, don't block the box and do lock the locks.